Wait one a minute. <laughs> now, how can you grow up in a church where women don't preach and yet you feel called to preach? That seems like a contradiction. I was calling out to God for a man of God that was not going to um, hinder the Word of God in my life and just speak the truth. Everyone that names your name, help us to come into the place where we have more than enough. Lord, we are willing, but we want to also be obedient. Help us to be like Peter, willing to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Welcome to Miracles Today, and I have a very sweet young lady with me, Heather. Heather, thank you for joining me on Miracles Today. And I want to go straight to, talk to me about the low self-esteem issue when you were a little girl. Oh, wow. I mean, how did um, that happen to you? I have no idea. <laughs> um, gosh. Well, I mean, I was brought up in church, but... Can we clarify that? Okay. I was, okay. My father brought me up Catholic. My mother brought me up Baptist. <laughs> Um, she got saved when I was two years old, and that's basically, I believe I've been saved since then, basically, because I always had a love for God, and I'm not really sure how, it, when it all happened. I just remember when my brother started school, we just didn't get along, and he uh, would just totally tease me, and I mean, almost like what the world consists of, typical, but, you know, everything in me knew that's not how we were supposed to be, and my parents didn't really allow it, but it happened anyway, and I always heard, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly, and, you know, you'll never do anything, you're lazy, and, you know, all the nasty stuff. And then um, as I got older, my next-door neighbor, her parents got divorced, and she sort of took all the anger out on me, and I was the nice girl that every, could, everyone could get along with, everyone loved. I was, like, the favorite granddaughter, the favorite niece, everything, the favorite... I was the child everyone wanted their parent to be, basically. But but then inside, uh, I was tore up. It's like I was doing everything for everybody else without realizing it, and I wasn't allowed to be me. It was pretty wild. I mean, because at that point I was only in the second or third grade when all that was going on. So, I mean, that's pretty young for all that to be and, happening. And your neighbor actually. Was was like what taking well, was verbal, verbally abusive, and I mean she'd get everyone to turn their back on me at school, and um, if I she'd like almost switch friends. Um, one day you'd be a friend, the next day this person would be the enemy, and it would alternate. And one day I, I was I'd had it. I mean I was like this is ridiculous, and I stood up for one of the girls, and she just got you know it's almost like they, everyone turned their back on me, including the girl I stood up for. Now, now tell me about the the church influence on you, oh. because you 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 said you you felt a desire to preach mm -hmm. as a young girl. Right. Tell me about that church influence the, um, the that you were in at that point. Right. Well, when I was real young, I used to turn my dollhouse around and preach to my stuffed animals, oh. and, uh, <laughs> which is pretty wild because I grew up in a Baptist church and, mm -hmm. and women didn't preach, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, wait a minute. Now, how can you grow up in a church where women don't preach and yet you feel called to preach? That seems like a contradiction. Right. I mean, I don't know. It was just, 
I just did it. I loved God with everything in me. Um, I used to write little ditty songs to Jesus and it's like, here's a song for you. And I just loved him with everything in me. But at um, 12 years old, I left the church basically because I told my mom, God is love and there's no love here. And um, I wandered away for a couple years. And at 14, that's when I really met Jesus Christ. Um, I knew he was alive. I knew he wasn't way up in heaven anymore. And um, he became more real to me. And that's when I really started to feel the call of God on my life. Now, was there one particular time that um, you were told that you were not allowed to grow up and be a, a minister? Yes, when I was about, um, I don't recall the exact age, but it's between the age of 17 to 19. Um, I was with my pastor's wife at that time in a women's small group session. And she said to all of us that women weren't allowed to preach, only to small groups of women, and that you would never see her preach from the pulpit. And uh, I was just devastated because since the age of 15, I'd been having dreams of seeing myself preaching to people. And I actually had a dream of IMI and didn't know it, but it was before IMI even existed. But um, well, when did you when did you meet Dr. Harfouche? I met Dr. Harfouche in January of 1998 in Cranston, Rhode Island, and um, it was a really amazing experience. I was calling out to God for a man of God that was not going to um, hinder the Word of God in my life and just speak the truth. You know, that's huge, huh? <laughs> hinder the Word of God yeah. in your life. I mean, because I'd hear my preachers speak and even um, my youth group leaders at the time, it's like they gave me everything they could, but there was something in me that just knew that what they had wasn't everything I needed. And even when I'd ask them about like certain questions and they'd give me the answer, I was like, there's something about that's not right. I knew there was So more. when you met Dr. Harfouche, um, did that call revive in you or? Yes, um, he uh, actually laid hands on me and I was sort of uh, stubborn. <laughs> I can look back at it now. And I was sort of critical because I was just. Of everything you've been through. Right, Yeah. so yeah. He, I'm, he laid hands on me and I fell out and I was thinking, okay, he's got something, you know, cause he didn't push me down. I actually fell out under the power of God and everyone was laughing around me and I'm like, I'm not laughing because everyone else is laughing. And he just started hitting me in the stomach. <laughs> I mean, like, gently, uh, right? Gently, like <laughs> tapping me, sort of. Because, you know. Right, yes, sorry. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and I'm He thinking, beat you into believing in right, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was on the ground, and I'm thinking, if he touches, if he hits me in the stomach one more time, I'm going to hit him back. Well, he hit me that second time, and all of a sudden, joy just started rolling out of me. And I'd never felt that before, and I felt such a release, and I started to, I felt alive again. It's like the Jesus I fell in love with in the beginning, it's like I was, it was being revived in it one more time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for. This is the man I've been looking for to teach me and train me, because I knew I'd been looking for IMI. I was going to go to different Christian colleges, and it was just like, no, I, you know, I can go to any college and get what they have, but I wanted a Bible training center to teach me who I am, what I'm called to do, believe. And then when I saw you come out, that was a whole nother story. You came out and did praise and worship. And I was just like, she's beautiful, anointed, you know, and you could preach and you sang, you weren't just singing and being quiet. You know, you were, you were doing what God called you to do. And it was just like, wow, you know, and it was just, it 
made all the dreams that God gave me as a child spark alive again. And it was just like, I'm going there. My family wasn't too happy about that at first, but you know, they've come to terms. <laughs> Welcome back to Miracles Today, and I'm with one of my favorite people, Heather, and when we left, we were talking about how um, the call of God came, how do you say it, revived mm -hmm. on the inside of you. Um, you were in a, a revival service with Doc and myself in Cranston, yes. Rhode Island, and all of a sudden you realized um, that your heart streams as a little girl really something you could achieve. Right. Can you take several minutes and share with the millions of people that are watching, maybe they were told, maybe they're, you know, little girls and they want to preach and maybe everyone around them is telling you can't preach, you can't preach, you can't preach, or, 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 or maybe they're in the same situation you were. Mm. You know, can you talk to them right now? Sure. Okay. Um, if you have a purpose in this life, and God has designed you and He's destined you to fulfill that purpose. And there's no one that can come between you and that purpose except for yourself. And if you just keep tuning into this program, getting online, um, moving here if necessary, if that's what you feel you need to do, or get the correspondence course, you need to do it. And if you have a little girl, you encourage her in the call of God that God has for her and as a parent, you will know, you'll begin to see what your child is called to do, whether it's a boy or a girl, but you just continue to um, uplift them in that and encourage them in that because they are world changers even at the age they are. I don't care if you're pregnant or, or not. You just start praying over that child and you start speaking into that child's life because they can fulfill everything God has can. Um, started to do in them and will continue to do in them. And right now you're pregnant. Yes. <laughs> and you have a wonderful husband. Yes, I do. And you actually are fulfilling your call. Yes. Right? And one of your, one of your, your real strong points is children. Yes. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> um, and you just have like this great rapport with kids, teaching mm. kids. I love kids. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually in college going to school to be a teacher when I met you and I quit college <laughs> to move here because um, I just knew I didn't actually want to teach in a public school and that was the way my parents were having me go but um, and I work in the children's ministry and oh it's such a blessing um, I it's like when I first moved here I'll say this um, I was in the, over the infants room and I was praying for them and all of a sudden I kept seeing the baby's faces come to me and I saw um, these are men of God. Yeah. These are women of God. Yeah. And I could see them, even though they were little babies, I saw they're not just babies. I mean, and people might just say, oh, you're working in the children's ministry. No, these are men and women of God. And I've been <clears throat> enabled to be back here with them and tr teach and train them. I mean, that's an honor because I mean, their parents, that's what parents are called to do. But God's also enabled other people to help the parents in that. And it's just such a blessing. I mean, children are just such a blessing. It's just and, and now it's almost like no one can get to them the word of uh, negative word. Right. Because you're protecting them. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of come full circle, huh? Yeah. Wow, I never thought of it that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, listen, we're going to go now to um, our favorite teacher, mine and yours, yes. uh, Dr. Christian Harfouche, God's Prophet of Performance. Just close your eyes for a minute and pray in the Spirit softly. Those of you who don't have your heavenly language yet, don't be intimidated. We're not giving a message in tongues, so it doesn't need to be interpreted. But I am going to pray in English. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you today that we live in a wealthy nation. We thank you today that even in the middle of uh, contrary things that have happened, uh, erratic weather reports, erratic weather uh, uh, patterns that have damaged and hurt and, 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 and brought many people to destitution. That we live in a nation where the government, we live in a nation where, 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 where uh, uh, the people are experiencing your blessing. But Father, we ask you to help the church, the body of Christ, that we would step into the riches and the wealth of God so that it will not only be the uh, responsibility of uh, this government to bless uh, the, the people or to bless other nations of the world, but the body of Christ will be able to, and Lord will be able to harvest this last harvest of souls together. We will do it together. And uh, as a corporate net of believers, We'll take the limits off of you. We will see you. We will see you bless us like we have never known it. We'll see those who are new come to accelerated performance. I pray right now for everybody here. First of all, those that need a position, a job, contracts, release those things. Those who have businesses, let, let, let these businesses just just with no sorrow expand and enlarge and be enhanced and and, and Lord uh, everyone that works together with your body everywhere around the world tonight watching us Lord everyone that names your name help us to come into the place where we have more than enough Lord we are willing but we want to also be obedient help us to be like Peter willing to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Help us to be like the man who had enough sense to call on the prophet so that the axe head would be able to float. Father, tonight in the name of the Lord, I thank you for the special anointing upon God's people and the special anointing that you've reserved for this hour that the corporate blessing will be the order of the day. Just as the heads of homes and the priests of homes here Husbands want their wives blessed, want the children blessed, just as parents and grandparents want their successive children, their lineage to continue to prosper and they want to see the name of their family expand and enlarge, just as teachers and educators and businessmen and employers want to see their employees 
prosper and grow tonight as your servant I stand and I ask you not for my family I ask you for my spiritual family I ask you for for your family all over the globe that there will be no there will be no uh, blinders on the eyes of believers that keep us content with lack but we will rise up and experience super abundance as we have never known it before and we'll not only be reapers but we will be givers we'll be able to give we'll be able to give radically we'll be able to give without re re resentment we'll be able to give without with discontentment we'll be able to give without necessity we'll be able to give joyfully but we will not be able to give fast enough because the return will overtake us you will bring it in faster than we put it out and tonight I ask you to speak to the corporate heart of this body of believers and I thank you for what you're doing in India I thank you what you're doing in the Far East and I thank you for what you're doing in 15 nations in the Middle East through our television program I thank you for what you're doing in the nation of Israel I thank you for our outreaches I thank you for Australia I thank you for what you're doing in Canada I thank you for what you're doing in Europe and um, uh, through our TV program I thank you tonight for also what you're going to do this week these eight days will formulate a transition that will leave behind us a gulf of separation between where we were not too long ago and where we are now in Jesus name and everybody said amen now just keep your eyes closed and just meditate a little bit right now. The Lord is going to drop into your heart some things to do tonight that will release, release Him. What a great message with Dr. Christian Harfouche and Christian, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm awesome. Fabulous. Man. I um, was thinking back to that, uh, that beautiful young lady's testimony, Heather, um, at the beginning of today's program, where she talked about how the call of God came on her life at a young age, but she was actually involved in a church group, and she was told that women can't preach. So, I mean, the whole women question. What do you think about that? Well, uh, it comes as a shock to me because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I uh, figure preaching is uh, the ability to articulate, and women can articulate very well. Okay, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the Word of God is very clear <laughs> about that, and uh, I think religion has a way uh, to put limits and rules and regulations. And what I mean by religion is the man-made method of pleasing God. The Word of God simply says without faith it is impossible to please God. It really does not matter how hard an individual try in the natural. They can keep holidays, Sabbaths, they can go to church on Sunday, they can attend Sunday school, they can study, do whatever. If they're endeavoring to please God through works, they're not going to do it. The same is relevant and the same is applicable to whether an individual is of one gender or another, one nationality or another. God is not a respecter of gender. He's not a respecter of nationality or uh, cultural uh, preference. 
um, God is the God of uh, the anointing. And in Christ, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no black, there is no white. And it clearly says there is no male and there is no female, meaning that uh, uh, if we were going to say that women cannot operate in the gifts of the Spirit, then we would have to say certain uh, ethnic groups do not have a right to enter into ministry, and no one would dare say that. But the same text that mentions in Christ there's no male, there's no female, goes on to say there's, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no Greek, there's no Scythian, and there is no uh, bond or free, meaning whether you're a servant, an employee, or an employer, you do not have uh, a better access to God without faith. It is impossible to please God. And then Thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When Peter stood up to preach and said that Jesus, that you killed, has arisen from the dead, ascended on high, and being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the gift of the Holy Ghost, he has poured on us that which you now hear and see. But he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that it will come to pass in the last days. Now, if 2,000 years ago were already the last days, then these are the last of the last days. And Peter said clearly, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. My young men will see visions. My old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids or uh, uh, female servants will I pour out of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Uh, the Word of God tells us that prophecy is given for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church. So when God says, my daughters shall prophesy, He's saying, I will give my female believers, my young ladies, my, my mature ladies, and anointing for inspirational utterance within the context of the congregation. Not out on the street or witnessing or just singing, but in the congregation I will give them inspired utterance so they could uplift, edify, and comfort the church. So it's very clear. Also the Word of God tells us that Philip the Evangelist had three virgin daughters that prophesied. And so we know that in the early church, the function and the role of women in ministry was not only in the gifts of the Spirit, but literally the first person that ever preached the gospel was a woman. And so it's very ironic that man-made religion would try to put limits on the women in the church based on one isolated scripture uh, that says, let the women keep silent in the church, which really does not mean what they try to make it mean. And so uh, it's really impossible uh, for women to be silent anyway. <laughs> so the church needs to catch up with the program and let the women go. Uh, Amen. Like God said, let my people go. Amen. Uh, well, you definitely know <laughs> that it's impossible to keep a woman silent. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> this woman. Listen, you're a woman out there right now. And if, if you're listening to me, you have every right to become everything that God has destined and called you to be. But my, my suggestion, and flat out, I have to be honest with you, you have to study to show yourself approved because, you know, across the board, it's a man's world out there in the ministry. And as a woman in church, as a Christian woman, you've got to know your word. 
you have to know your Bible. Because of the fact that it's more men that are preaching than women, the only way to change that is for you to, to know your word and to become so anointed that your gift cannot be ignored. So go to the phone right now and become one of our 400,000 yes. miracle workers. And join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings.